Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD Guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. I wanted to share something that um, I've experienced recently, and it's also something that I learned is very much a part of PTSD and complex PTSD, and I had probably talked about this before, but um, I think it's good to remind ourselves of this and that it is very deeply ingrained in the way sometimes our, our brains operate according to stress from trauma, and particularly focusing in on the amygdala part of your brain that is really overriding your ability to think clearly. Um, and so what I'm talking about is the fear of making decisions. So decision making on like big, I would say big decisions to maybe sometimes some people might think they're small decisions. Um, but I would say for me, the examples I'm going to give, I think they are big decisions because they're, they're things related to career, things like that, um, ways of making money, um, but I, whenever I was looking this up, um, and I actually wasn't looking to see if it was connected to PTSD. I was just looking up some details about um, why do people fear making decisions? And a big part of it is fear of failure and having a lack of information about a decision you're about to make. And I think mine was more on that. Um, but I noticed that both of those, and I know that I, I talk about this all the time, but both of those, a fear of failure and lack of information, those both go back to the one thing I've talked about so much, which is feelings of incompetence. And when you do have a lot of stress and your mind is distracted and you're not making wise decisions, it can make you feel incompetent because you goof up. Um... So again, it's that feeling of incompetence. Um, and so I think that that's a lot of it. So for me recently, you know, thinking of doing a history podcast, and it would be related to all types of different aspects of history, world history, United States history, whatever, um, all types of history. Um, I'd also go into probably philosophy since I studied those fields and I've worked in those fields. Um, but the... Um, I would also talk about um, library books. Um, so literally, I would work my way down, not every single book in the library, like I've said before, but two to four books per shelf on the library and talk about those like every other week. Um, because then you have a podcast that there's always something to talk about. Um, you know, in certain shelves, I could talk about longer um, and I've already discussed kind of how I would do that podcast. And now that it's 2024, um, happy new year, by the way, um, I'm going to start working on that. Uh, I didn't want to do it in 2023 because it was the end of the year and tax time and all that stuff. Um, so if, you know, it'd be a way of me to generate income. So I would start it in 2024. Um, but the whole concept of making big decisions, um, Another way that another thing that helps me is reminding myself of times that I have already done that 
and that everything worked out fine. It's just a matter of doing it and learning as you go. But I finally looked up, um, I wanted to share this. Um, I looked up ways of moving forward with my writing. So like I told you guys, I wanted to kind of take baby steps and maybe share writing with different networks to kind of move forward with like a type of screenwriting. Um, but getting back to that, I was being hesitant in doing it because of that, that, uh, decision-making kind of stress that I have. And when I was looking back at how that connects with PTSD, um, it's making decisions based on emotions rather than logic. So when you want to like give up, and you have that fear of failure, that giving up and not wanting to move forward with it, that's a decision based on your emotions rather than your logic. So that's when your amygdala is taking over and saying, don't do it, don't do it, you'll get hurt, you'll get hurt. Or, uh, you know, it's almost like it's protecting you, but it's being irrational because that part of your brain doesn't know that. It doesn't know that it's being irrational. It just senses failure or it senses... Um, you know, I don't have enough information here. Um, and it doesn't want you to have to go through that. It doesn't want you to have to feel less than. Um, so that part of your brain is like, it's being hyperactive, but it's almost like a, you know, someone who worries too much when they, and then they just don't enjoy the day. Um, you know, if you just go about it logically, and, you know, look up more information. So that's what I did today. When I read this, I was thinking that's exactly what's happening. Um, my amygdala was kind of taking over and I was fearful and thinking the worst. You know, I've talked about that before. Um, so one thing that's helped me feel more stable in the history podcast, one, I already do this podcast for crying out loud. Um, you know, so I already know how to do a podcast and I've said before on this podcast, I intentionally don't do like, I don't do it the way most podcasters do it. And part, a lot of that has to do with commercials. So there's all types of things regarding um, commercials and ways that I could be monetizing it more. And I just don't. Because um, for one, I'm not a doctor. And two, um, and why I say that is, um, you know, for me, this is more of a diary. And, you know, if I was a medical professional, I would probably be monetizing this. Um, but that's just my, my rationale. But if I'm doing history podcasts, since I've studied history, um, and I am working with, you know, these, the books at the library and everything, um, I would monetize that more. Like I would make that a job because when I went to school for that, um, whereas this podcast, you know, like I said, I, I see this more of a diary. Um, and so, uh, in regards to the writing, um, so I told you guys that I've written a play before and I do poetry and I, I write like little fables, which I've shared with you guys before in the play, we produced it and everything. Um, and I kind of like, don't know where to go from that. So I was researching, you know, how does somebody start writing for a TV network? Because um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And a couple of the things that I found whenever I Googled it was one is one thing you can do is try to find an agent. Um, 
basically like a screenwriting agent um, of some sort. It also said to go to screenwriting conferences, um, which sound like a lot of fun. It said, look for an agent who is accepting submissions and then send them a powerful query letter. Um, so I would have to look up how to write a query letter for this particular type of submission um, and submit it, you know. Attend conferences or summits on screenwriting. Submit work to online pitch sites. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. And screenwriting competitions, which that would be super fun. Attend a film festival, which I think that would be really cool. Um, so, you know, in my background, I already have... Like, I didn't ever go to college for that. I didn't ever go to, like, an art school or a film school or anything like that. Um... So I'm kind of curious because in the world of writing, I will say to me, the way that I'm approaching this is almost the way that I would assume a stand-up comedian would approach this. So, and the reason I say that is a stand-up comedian, you know, they go to bars, they go to comedy clubs. I don't know that a whole lot of stand-up comedians, maybe 50%, I would say, which I guess you could say is a lot. Um... I would say 50% or less actually go to a film school or, you know, they, they go to school to become a stand-up comedian. I mean, there's, there's comedy clubs like the groundlings and things like that. Um, which a lot of very well-known comedians who end up on television were part of the groundlings. So they were on SNL or they were on different sitcoms. Um, but I don't know, um, you know, for them, if they ever wanted to be into screenwriting, you know, that's different. Um, but com comedians write their own jokes usually. Um, so that's why I, I throw comedians in there is because they, they write. Um, and, you know, obviously being a comedian is a big part of being a writer too. So like Ray Romano, he'd, he'd be a stand-up comedian who is also on a sitcom who writes the jokes, but he doesn't write. I don't think he writes the whole script. Um, but it's, you know, it's the same kind of thing. And I wouldn't necessarily want to write comedy. Um, I think I get comedy really well and I've got a lot of jokes in my, my hat, but, um, I think that the, uh, I think I'd be better with drama. Um, cause the play that I wrote and the type of poetry and fables I write, they all come from a place of, um, someone who's been through trauma um, so I'm able to make a joke, but I would say a, a drama type situation would probably be better. And it's interesting to think about, you know, if I were to find an agent, you know, the first thing that they'd probably want to see is, you know, it would almost be like a resume basically. Um, you know, they'd want to know what you write. They'd want to know like what, what your research to learn how to write, um, and most of mine came from a book on how to write called Save the Cat. But, you know, there's just a lot of things to look into. Um, but the, the play and the poetry and things like that really help. Because um, I've done, I've been uh, published in like two poetry, local poetry. Uh, I would just call them books, I guess you could call them, um, or magazines. And then, um, there's just a, a couple, I've done like a, 
a poetry reading, part of like a, a reading in public. Um, and then the play was obviously in public too. But, you know, that's that's most of my background. So I'm kind of like a up by the bootstraps type person. So on my, you know, a resume, if it said what college education did you study for this, um, you know, it's... I didn't for that. Um, so it's, it's just kind of interesting to see, uh, what will come of it. And I have to remind myself again, in regards to this fear of failure thing or making big decisions, um, you know, take it as it comes. And, you know, if the first thing doesn't succeed, you know, just keep trying until something does. Um, and that's a really important part of all that. So, the fear of failure or having a feeling like you have a lack of information or you're lacking information, um, that trigger of that feeling of incompetence, that's what you don't want to happen. And so that's why it's important to remind yourself, you know, just take it as it comes and just keep trying at it. Uh, you know, so it's kind of like almost anything in life. It's almost like a recipe trying to cook something for the first time. You're probably not going to cook it exactly right the first time. Um, so it's a, it's the same thing. Um, and again, um, I also was just going to share, and I didn't necessarily do this just because it was New Year's Eve, but I organized, I got everything basically organized at home, and I'm really glad I did it. And I was able to organize my, I organized them in binders, so... Things that I talk about, topics for this podcast are like future things that I want to talk about are organized in a binder. And then I put another, there's another binder related to my history podcast that I want to do and how I want to organize that. And then the other thing I organized together were my poems and my play are together with future things that I would write in order to submit to like an agent or you know, like I mentioned, to a, um, a competition of some sort or online pitch sites for screenwriting. Because I think it's really cool. I think it's the art of writing is just, um, it's everything. You know, if you don't have a good script, you just don't have a good show. Um, but again, you know, the fear of failure. So my, my advice for 2024 is don't give up. Uh, keep trying. And for me, I tend to be like a slow moving turtle, like the tortoise and the hare. You know, college took me a really long time to do, but I eventually finished it. Um, a lot of things take me a little bit longer. And I do think a lot of that goes back to, you know, just struggling with learning growing up. And even in my adult life, struggling with learning sometimes or getting things to, to click and feel like I'm in place. But, you know, slowly but surely you eventually get there. So that's my advice, I guess you could say, for 2024 is don't give up and don't let a fear of failure or simply because you have a lack of information regarding something that's a goal or something you want to do, um, some big decision that you want to make. Think about it logically and rationally you know, write down the pros and cons and, um, just don't let that, those feelings, you know, don't make a decision based on 
something that's just overwhelming you, you know, think about it more logically. So this is the complex PTSD guy signing off.